Well, hello there, and welcome to Fans of the Forge, where we are recapping Season 5, Episode 24, The Arming Sword. So to my right, we have... Chris. And to his right, we have... Teresa. So, let's get right into it, shall we? Yes. John, part-time Smith with six years of experience. He knows a little about a lot, but not a lot about a little. Jack of all trades. Master of none. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So then we have Dwayne who is a part-time smith with five years of experience. Drew, a full-time smith with eight years of experience, a former chef mm-hmm. who got into knife making because he wanted to learn. Uh, well, he wanted to make his own knives because he was tired of having crappy dull knives. Right. They weren't sharp enough for him. And then we have Quentin, who was a full-time smith with 20 years of experience, who could forge literally with his eyes closed. I don't know about that, but he's confident. That's great. So go into the show with some confidence. So our picks, uh, Teresa's underdog pick was John. My underdog pick was Dwayne. Uh, Drew was Teresa's pick, Chris's underdog, and Quentin was Chris's pick and my pick. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of all over the board here. Someone's getting points. Someone's getting points. Yes. So... Let's get into what this is all about. Round one. Guess what? Curveball. They got to make three blades out of railroad spikes. So, and they're, you know, kind of nice and rusty, but I. That can be cleaned. Yeah, it can be cleaned. No big deal. I think it was just kind of, they rusted them themselves. You know, those spikes didn't look (laughs) old and like pitted and like garbage-y. So, um, they must retain and refine uh, part of the spike head. Uh, so they still want kind of the shape. They, you, they kind of, I had to go back a little bit because I was like, eh. Um, but they kind of want to know that it was a railroad spike. They kind of want that shape there to kind of keep it authentic or whatever. Well, they, later on, they kind of talk about how it's a railroad spike knife, not a knife made out of a railroad spike. There's, yeah. there's a difference. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and it comes to be part of the judging process later on. Um, And they want you to make three blades kind of... Did they say, like, they had to be different? Not not so much, but no one's really going to try to make the same blade every time. Right. So, um, anyway, no real specifications are given on the show. However, it's a spike. I don't know if they're really going to have to draw it out a certain length or whatever but yeah anyway so we are looking at john here he's working on two knives at once he's got two steels in the fire um and he goes for you know a twist which is kind of common i guess with railroad spike knives um to make a twist handle for grip and not really put scales on it um his blades are kind of narrow and uh, his first blade got a good quench. His second blade got a good quench because they didn't show third. But no. well, we got two. Probably got the third. Uh, Quentin, he was working on all three at once, trying to be really efficient, try to get this hammered out. Um, I unfortunately, I mean, they show him cutting off the head of the spike. I'm thinking, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. You know, then you can put a handle on, and then. Put but he never something. puts the head back on. 
Yeah. So kind of defeated the purpose of keeping that railroad spike right. head on there. So we'll see what that does later on. Um, and apparently, he is the first person on the show to turn the angle grinder 90 degrees <laughs> on its side. And I thought I'd seen that before, but I guess not because all the judges are like, no, this is the first time it's ever been done. It's got the ability to, but no one's ever used it that way. And uh, kudos to him. Yeah. And, it, you know, he worked it out. And I guess it took a lot of material off quick for him in that method. So great. And, uh, his first blade quenches good. Second blade quenches no good. And uh, he's eating a third while reheating the second one. Some, some concerns there that there's going to be overheating. You, you know, you're not... You might overheat one while trying to take care of a different one. So um, just heat management is key. Uh, Dwayne, three different knives. Uh, he was the only one really doing any thermal cycling on camera. You know, they show him taking them out, you know, waving them around, cooling them off, going back, doing it again. Um, he looked good, and he had 30 minutes left, and he was pretty much all set. Uh, Drew, um, his blades were on the thicker side, and he was quenching one at a time. Only five minutes left for the third blade, so if there were any problems, he was going to be a little short on time. But looks like he, uh, you know, he knocked it out. So, uh, what's this, Dave? Oh, when the first one was quenched, Dave did a little mini wave. He was like, oh, one yeah. of the blades has been quenched. Woo! Yeah, they were waiting because there's so many blades that had to be quenched, yeah. And then there were 11 left. Right, it's like 11 <laughs> more to go. Uh, so judging, um, for John, he had some uneven, um, an unevenness in some of his blades where it wasn't in line with the handle. Um, Doug's comment was right now, this one is for butter. This one's for jam. I went for one for the vampire, one for the zombie, and one for the mummy. So kind of insinuating that these knives are a little wimpy. For a tea set, not for a slang. For a tea set, yeah. All right. I don't think a knife is the proper weapon for a mummy. I think there's a mistake there. And a vampire, for that matter, can't be killed with a knife. I it has to be a wimp. <laughs> Doug was off. <laughs> What happens if you cut a vampire's fangs off? I mean, in theory, it could still bite die. you, but no, but like their their ability to turn you, turn and you suck and your turn blood. Your blood. Hmm. I mean, they could still bite yeah. hard Wait, enough. But... Do vampires regenerate? Is that a thing for them? Depends Ooh. on the franchise, I believe. Because ah. maybe their teeth, re- their fangs regenerate. Right. That could be. Mm. Yeah, there's some animation where they just grow back or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it takes a day. Okay. Boop, boop. <laughs> oh, yeah, just pop in some dentures or something. I mean, <laughs> sure you know, fix it and noise. forget it. Um, <laughs> so, Dwayne, uh, his first one is classic. His second one is thin but recognizable. The third one's a little more evolved and seems to have lost its identity. So, they're talking about the spike head on the end of the, uh, the knife itself, which, I mean... They're really making a stink about it. Yeah. But they have to though. I, I guess so. It's they didn't really hammer it in like these have to, you know, it's but well, they never that do. We saw. It's just Maybe like a parameter. I, I yeah, you never know. But <laughs> if if, he, they, if they really went and were like, hey, listen, 
you know, they better look like railroad spikes. I'm sure that everyone would have done that. So I think there was just like a parameter, but some people kind of miss it and they don't. I mean, if they don't explain it, if they just say railroad spike knives and they don't explain, they expect it to look a certain way, then of course they're going to try to put their own spin on the thing. <laughs> and he could have done, maybe he could have left the head of his a little bit more in the shape right. of the. More and pronounced. Then, or, and that would yeah. have at least kept it in line with the railroad spike knife and continue along with his evolution of the blade, I think. See, I, I went back because, and I wrote it down. So Will says it must keep some semblance of the spike head. Right. So there was some semblance of the spike head. They're just going to make like, oh, it kind of looks like it, but not so much. Meanwhile, you know. Because it just looked like more of a regular handle shape, I thought. Yeah, it was just kind of like a general kind of But it curve. might be one of those things where at this point, or this level, you're expected to know how to do Damascus. You're expected to know what a railroad spike knife is yep. and looks like. Drew, all the same silhouette. Beautifully done. Good yeah. job, Drew. Uh, Quentin, traditional hunter shapes. Uh, look like the knives are made out of railroad spikes, not railroad spike knives. Mm-hmm. Um. So they go into the the little judging room. John and Drew stuck to the theme. Dwayne had an evolution, and the last knife did not fit the challenge. Quentin was lacking any aspect of the railroad spike. So Quentin got the boot. And there's a note here. Chris got mad. Chris got mad. I got real mad at this point, being like, fuck these picks. This show is stupid. What are we doing? This is ridiculous. I was so upset because, of course, that was my pick. I believe he was my pick to win. He was your pick to win. Yep. And look what happened. Gone. First round over something I thought was a little ridiculous. He was trying to make cool knives out of railroad spikes, but not railroad railroad spike spike knives. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So round two, they had to finish handles. Um, John, the handles are done because he had the, the integral handle with the twist. So he was working on the realignment um, in a way that makes the judges cringe. He was heating it, right? Heating it with a blowtorch and then trying to like... Oh, he had two wrenches instead of putting it in a vise. Oh, and that's trying right. To he was just that's like right. manhandling it. Not using a vise or a wet towel, which could affect the heat treat. Right, oh, right, right. And then because his handles were done, he sat down and he had plenty of time but I wonder what exactly would they have expected him to do? You, it was that's, already on the lean side. He couldn't Right. I mean, grinding. that's what I was saying is like, well, was he going to like do some file work and a little twist or oh, something? Maybe. Like maybe something like a little ornate, but you're not going to do anything to really mess with it because yeah, it was yeah. already good. Yeah. You don't want to screw up your work and or right. make it brittle or, or, or cut something out to make it decorative. All of a sudden you make a stress fracture point mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. You don't want to do that. No. So then uh, Dwayne was working on making the third blade more acceptable, um, worked on the alignment of the first blade to make it more of a drop point, and shaping handle while epoxy sets. And then Drew needs to put on three handles. So he was going with the scales and trying to assembly line the situation, but he didn't label which <laughs> ones go with which knives, and they weren't exactly the same. Yeah. So uh, he had some problems there. He was working so fast, made an epoxy mistake, he put it on the wrong side of the scale for one of the blades, and then he had to, you know, manage his scale puzzle there. But he got it together. Mm-hmm. And then we went on to judging with the strength test, which was a railroad spike smash, and 
all three judges came yeah. out to do that. That Kinda was pretty neat. cool and not cool. what I was expecting at all. So Jay Nielsen walks over with the three knives in his hands and he's looking down and he's like, <laughs> and you think something's wrong? <laughs> and he looks over. Hey, come mm. here. <laughs> come on over. Come on <laughs> yeah. over. But it was cool. It was nice to see them doing it. Although it's pretty obvious who does the strength test, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, because Doug for. Being a martial arts, weapons martial arts master and someone that's adept at using knives to, you know, be able to kill people. Not that he kills people, but just saying in general. He doesn't kill railroad spikes. Right. He has like a finesse to what he does, (laughs) not a smash. (laughs) Right. And... And David Baker did fine. It was Doug uh, seemed a little... I I thought... Out of his I thought Dave was kind of a little weak with his hits. Out of I all think three, the, the same could have been said for Doug. I think it was also they're all yeah, they're a little getting used to swinging a hammer well, at a yeah, knife. Yeah, you're right and... next to another guy. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, Jay did just fine. <laughs> Jay, yeah, Jay. <laughs> yeah, Jay's just like let me fucking smash. Yeah, he took care of business. Um, so for John, the first blade had some edge deformation. The second blade was brittle, and the third one was good. It survived. Dwayne, overall, the edges were not as hard. They didn't really show what happened to the first one. The second one was second and third one were compacted. And then Drew was comfortable except for the hooked end and some deformation, but overall did well. Yep. So then they go on to the sharpness test where the three of them again stood side by side and they had a canvas runner slice. For John, all the blades that have areas that are sharp and areas that are not sharp. So some of them, you know, did well on parts and otherwise not cut through the middle of the runner but not really on the edges and then Dwayne had ragged gaping holes because it like tore through it instead of Mm -hmm. cutting through it Mm -hmm. and then for Drew some areas dragged a bit but your blades will cut says Doug and Dwayne got the boot yeah his damage is a little too too bad compared to the other ones and the, the ripping being caused by that damage was what Got him the axe. So who lost points there? I, I'm out. You were you got because I was Quentin and Dwayne. You're out at this point. Yeah, I'm out. Oh jeez. Okay. I'm getting points. Teresa's <laughs> getting points. <laughs> Round three: the arming sword. It is a weapon from medieval Europe during an era of advanced armor. And I went off on a tangent with Teresa about how suit of armors. Well, I guess they look cool, and they're from a time... It just is so ridiculous to me that people actually would wear these things and ride around on horses. The horses had armor, too. And the horses had armor, too. Like, I get it. I guess it was dangerous, and yet that was the way that they dealt with it back then, was literally ride around in a sauna of armor. Right. Clinking and clanking all over the place. Yeah, you're not getting any stealth with the suit of armor. It was just... Something about the image they showed of the horse with the armor, with the guy on it, full suit of armor. I was just like, that is so unwieldy and just absolutely dumb. But (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of historians that'd be like, how dare you? Right, yeah, just go to medieval times and say that. (laughs) They won't let me be the king with my turkey leg, I guess. Fuck that turkey leg. Turkey leg's garbage. Let's get that. If we're going to talk about, you know, this armor thing, let's talk about the shitty turkey legs. All right. Because I got one a few years ago at a fair and it was the worst experience I ever had eating food. I agree. I've had that same experience. They're slimy. 
you're you're covered in the grease and oil and it's just and just the meat just it's just gross yeah it's I, all tendons and, and it was shit not good. in there the savages back in the medieval times whatever take your goddamn turkey legs and get the hell out yeah, of get, here get out of here with that moving forward the arming sword had a distinctive taper that allowed for pinpoint thrusts into vulnerable areas, such as the armpits and the groin. <laughs> <laughs> the weapon also had a central fuller. It was meant to be a one-handed weapon, so it means it would probably want to be on the lighter side. And one key battle in history, this was actually used by Joan of Arc in 1429. So that's cool. That's a cool story. Everybody loves the story of Joan of Arc. The, the kind of like schizophrenic hero that... I really don't know much about her, so whatever. Helped the, the French win? Yes, she was. Wee wee. Anyway, for their specs, they had to have a double edge <laughs> yeah. on their sword. The fuller had to be at least half the length of the blade on both sides. It needed to have an upswept guard, so it was like a whoop towards you, and a disc pommel. I'm on the sound effects yeah, I'm today. I'm on the sound effects, sound yeah. Yes. So, Drew, day one, spent forging. Day two, working on his fuller and getting the heat treat worked out. And then it skipped to day five for him. And uh, he worked on his fit and finish. He wanted to peen the tang onto the pommel and had an issue with his torch, so he ended up welding it on. And at the time that they had that part, I'm like, that's it. A- an odd little bit of information. They usually cut stuff like that out when... It seemed like it was a minor issue that... Why are they showing this? Yeah, at the time. At the mm-hmm. time. So then John, days one and two, was used for shaping the blade and placing his fuller. Day three was the grinding and the heat treating. He had a warp on his first quench and on the second quench and decided he had enough material there that he could just grind it straight, so that's what he did. And then on day five, he worked on the fit and finish. Now we come to the judging. And we do have a note here. We like to to judge the weapons based on how they looked first. Like, that's the first thing they show you is how good these things look. We agreed that Drew's looked nicer, looked better, looked looked more complete, I guess. Like, the... The Which other more one, aesthetically more refined, more refined. That's a yes. better word. Yes. Um, yeah, John's. It looked like a beast. It looked like it was going to be heavy, and it was. Yes. So, the kill test. It was a boar carcass kill test. John's was very heavy, and while it did thrust into the boar's well, when he was going for his slices, it just practically bounced off there was very little cutting yeah. into the boar at all but because it thrust well it will kill drew cut the freaking boar in half which is always what you want to see very sharp blade very sharp perfect for thrusting very nicely balanced and it will also kill and in what would now become uh one of two ice blocks chops and the last two episodes, well, well, the next episode after this one, mm-hmm. which is going to, this will be up after, before that one. They did a nice block chop in the next one. <laughs> so, John, when he, Jay goes up to do the ice block test, 
Jay had to readjust his grip multiple times. You could tell he would bang on it. You have to yeah. like stop like every other one. You have to turn it around a little. Look he, frustrated because yeah. you can't Hulk smash the ice block. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was heavy. There was a gap in the shoulders afterwards, and there was a bend in the blade before that test, which is something that Jay yeah. noted. Um, but overall, he smashed the ice. Drew also smashed the ice, and on the final hit his pommel fell off and they considered that a catastrophic failure and asked him to leave the forge making john the winner and i flipped my lid (laughs) when i heard that i was like how is that a catastrophic (laughs) failure what is catastrophic about that he did way better on his test than the other guy did just because his pommel broke off are they really that concerned about the little end of the tang that was sticking out there? It's not like the handle was falling off the thing. But it was a parameter that they, that he needed to have. Is that what's catastrophic how? about it? Well, how was the handle attached? Do we know? It looked like it was a through tang, right? So Was it pinned? Just, I don't the know. end of that was welded over because, and this is where that. Um, I'm just saying, like, could the handle then like work its way off if there are other tests and the pommel wasn't there I to suppo- hold it together? I yeah. suppose. Um, I couldn't. Yeah, I guess if the weld was the only thing holding the the handle to it, at the time it seemed like it was still solid to the blade. Yeah, but, it, yeah. The, uh, but if it didn't have any pins, then I understand why they would point. not be able to test it again. So, I uh, while. I'd have to. We'd have to go back and look at it. I do understand, while I still do not agree, <laughs> that it was a catastrophic failure. So that means John wins, and that was Teresa's underdog pick. So she got two more points. If she wasn't already kicking our asses enough, she got two more points. So congratulations, honey. Congratulations, John, on your win. No offense to you, but honestly, I still think Drew should have won it. My, that's just me. Okay. Anyway. No comment. I feel like we should probably start mentioning the fact that in a few weeks. Oh, yes. In a few weeks, we're going to be going to the Pigeon Forge grudge match. Not all of us. Not all of us. Teresa. But that's okay. Offered to stay behind. I don't do long car rides well. It just makes sense. It's a 12 and a half hour car ride. Yeah. So, Sean and I are going to be going to the Pigeon Forge Grudge Next match. Next year, I'll watch the kids, Teresa, if you want to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure Charlotte will be so into that. <laughs> probably. Actually, and I think she probably yeah. would, yeah. A weekend of crafting and making necklaces and mm. things. Anyway, we'll be at the Pigeon Forge Grudge Match. We'll be covering it live on YouTube and Instagram when we can. We'll be trying to get as many interviews with the Fortune Fire contestants that are there as we can. Um there's going to be at least something like 20 to 25 contestants there. And if you are near Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, or not that far, a couple-hour drive, it's probably going to be worth the drive to come down to the Iron Mountain Metalcraft. Yeah, uh, open to the public. Come on down. to the public. It's Robbie Bowman's shop that it's being run. Um, is it Iron Mountain or Smoky Mountain? This one is the Iron Mountain okay. Metalcraft. Um, it is not far from Smoky Mountain Knife Works. Okay. Um, and it's in Tennessee, so that'll be interesting because I don't think I've ever been to Tennessee. And uh, But we're looking forward to seeing the different... Uh, people? The people there, for sure. Knives. All the contestants. Lots of knives. All there's the gonna, things. There's going to be competitions going on here, so it's going to be yeah. 
guys that were on the show competing against each other on a stage to forge a certain item. So maybe two people go up and they'll have to make a bottle opener and then the audience judge uh, judges who's going to win the competition. Then everything that gets made is going to get auctioned off or, raff- or raffled off to the audience. So like if you go and attend this thing, you could win a knife by one of these guys that were on Forge and Fire. It's pretty freaking cool. So, you know, come out to it and we'll Sean and I will be there and um yeah, we're looking forward to it. And other than that, that's the episode, Season 5, Episode 24, The Arming Sword. Thank you for watching. Remember to follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube. We also are on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. That's it. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it takes a day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it takes a day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it takes a day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it takes a day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it takes a day.